Welcome to the Commander-in-Chief Podcast. I'm Yuri Kruman, founder and CEO of Commander-in-Chief Media Group, award-winning chief people officer and keynote speaker, author of five books, Fortune 500 consultant and corporate trainer, and contributor to Fast Company, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Newsweek. Our mission at Commander-in-Chief Media is to help 100 million people around the world in the next 10 years to do their life's best work in the here and now through storytelling, educational media, thought leadership, HR consulting, corporate training, coaching, speaking, and authentic high-quality writing, helping people become their own Commanders-in-Chief. Now, if you're interested in being a guest on the Commander-in-Chief podcast, Stick around until the end of the show. We will share with you what we're looking for and how to apply. Hey, everybody. I'm Yuri Kruman, the host of the Commander-in-Chief podcast. I'm really excited today to welcome our guest, Neil D'Souza. Um, this is someone with a really incredible story. I'm really excited to, to get into it. He's going to tell us all about his company, Get Set Up, the IO. And uh, he's going to tell us how he got into elder tech, because, well, for a young guy, it's not maybe the most obvious thing in the world. Neil, please uh, give us an introduction. Tell us uh, who you are, what you do. Yeah, thanks, Yuri. Uh, I'm Neil. I am one of the co-founders and CEO of Get Set Up. Um, why I started this, I think it's probably the most obvious thing in the world, because we all have parents around us, or some loved one who is aging. And so for me, I actually enjoyed hanging out with um, a lot of older people. They had wisdom. They were not very judgmental when they gave feedback. And so I loved growing up with people twice my age. And so it kind of reached this point a couple of years ago where uh, more and more people like my parents were retiring. And there was this big question mark, right? Like, yes, we might live longer because we are healthy. We have money because we saved up, um, but we still want to connect with people like us because you kind of lost that validation from society. Like your validation came with work, but you lost that. And I just found like folks like my friends who were older or my parents, there was no place where they could go and live their best life. You know, they were going to live for 30 years longer, might as well make them live happy, right? And so that was really the big question. And my background, you know, I've done some work with EdTech and some pretty crazy stories living in Mongolia and setting up schools there. So I kind of had an EdTech background. And when I saw more and more people think about their purpose in life as they were aging, I was like, hey, you know what? This is one third of the world's population. Everybody's going to get old one day. Why is nobody thinking about building a platform for them, which is, you know, safe place which they want it is peer-to-peer because they want to hang out with people like them and they want to live their best life and the only other alternative is was facebook (laughs) which we all know is not very mentally enriching and stimulating so uh it's too meta meta. yeah so so actually that was just that was the genesis it was just like trying to figure out how to build a cool place for my mom and dad to age Amazing. So I, I definitely want to spend a good part of our conversation talking about your story. And I certainly want to hear about you know how you went to Mongolia and worked with uh, Khan Academy. Um, but before we do that, I would love to kind of just take a step back. 
Um, let's think about some of the trends underlying what's going on here, right? So elder tech. Ed tech, okay, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff around elder tech um, and ed tech, but let's talk about demographics. Okay, so demographics are very much looking, um, you know, there are tons of boomers that are getting older. Yes, they're living longer, you know, uh, well into the 80s and 90s. Um, and, you know, due to advances in medicine and you know, healthcare, almost despite itself, um, we have a lot of people that are going to have a lot more free time, right? And in order for them to stay sharp, um, in order for them to, you know, stay around and maybe even work longer because not everybody needs to retire early. Um, you know, we have a lot of uh, demand for, you know, something like this. And you're right. We have uh, Facebook. We have, I, mean, I don't know if necessarily Instagram or LinkedIn are, are great uh, places to hang out. You know, whether you're young or old, it doesn't matter. Um, I, you're right. I mean, I, I haven't researched this, you know, to be very frank with you. I'm not a boomer. I mean, I think about this for my mom. My mom is out in Arizona. Um, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> Go and hang out at the at the mall. Like, what what do you do? You know, so you can hang out online. You can be in forums. It's not re- like it's missing a real human component. So, I can definitely understand just given basic demographics. Like, we just have a ton of older people, and you know, they want to do stuff, especially now with COVID, right? I mean, yeah, you create human connection. You can't always have it in person because it's dangerous. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense that you know something like this would appear but i i mean again i know this is still relatively fresh and and you know you haven't been working on this for 10 years but i'm almost surprised that there there hasn't been more of this kind of social component for older people that's thoughtful and engaging in this you know i mean yeah you read aarp magazine you get your card when you're 55 whatever i i'm i'm just i'm pleasantly surprised that someone who's much younger is thinking about this yeah, so I just kind of want to put that out there. Maybe you can enlighten us as to some of the other um, trends you're seeing, whether it's demographics or you know, I mean, you, you've obviously dug much deeper yeah. into the market. So yeah, give us give us some sense of what's going on. I think a lot of people don't really don't really know what the hell's going on in in terms of kind of the older population. population. No, no, actually that that is actually very true, right? Um, I I joke with my investors that nobody going into Y Combinator as a 22-year-old kid is ever going to be competition because they don't think about the segment at all. So I'm like, don't worry about it. We got that covered for now. So, but yeah. but but honestly, you know, 46% of like just the US population is about 50. Yeah, I think about the stats I read is 10,000 people every day are becoming Medicare eligible. So for those who don't know it, it's when you hit the age of 65 in America, uh, you get become Medicare eligible, like which is a healthcare program. And so it's 10,000 people a day. Like that's a really freaking large consumer market, right? And they account for most of the consumer spending. 50% of the spending comes from boomers. And, you know, what, what, and then you take that data and then you apply it globally because we are now global. Um, Japan is almost like 60% of the population is aging. You know, when uh, they had to hire a minister of loneliness because the population is aging and people are feeling more lonely and that's having severe impact on their health. And UK is the same trend. 13 million people in this cohort 
we had to hire a minister of loneliness because again it's becoming an epidemic right so like it's it's a pretty large consumer base um why more people i think people think about this space a lot uh they talk about it from an activism point of view and i think there were a lot of small non-profits doing things like what get set up here right um because if you step back before covid you would go to a local ymca or you would go to a local uh senior center in your community or a library to get you know take some classes on technology take some classes on art and stuff um but it was really tiny because i think generally non-profits don't have an ambition to scale and grow big so whether it was how they thought about what they did how big they wanted to get everything was really tiny and so um what the pandemic did and you know when i looked at it i was like look this is not just about how many people go to a ymca physically who might one day want to go online it's actually 95% of the world where there is actually non consumption today right because if you think of an analogy with uber um if you just did a market sizing on how many people used to take cabs and did that's the size of the market for uber it would be a pretty small market globally but what uber did is it basically created a market for non consumption where people never took cabs started using that product and service because now it was accessible and that's kind of what's happening with us with get set up is that in markets like india in in malaysia in sri lanka and so many other places in the world including even in the us in rural america or with certain communities of of color where the only option was to go to a church or not do anything we've become we've we've unlocked that consumption behavior and that is actually a huge growth driver for us because you know you're going from say someone like my mom who lives in india not not having access to a senior center not having access to any community places her first experience of aging and retirement is now online on get set up and so she's loving it and so it's exponentially growing because we don't have to now invest in a physical infrastructure so actually what what i think people have thought about this yuri like like you said but they've thought about it as like very localized and i think what the pandemic did is create a forcing function to say what if people didn't have that infrastructure and everything had to go online how do you service this audience and how do you bring on all the people who are not consuming this kind of uh, content or this experience to start consuming it and that's kind of the sweet spot that we hit you know uh, over the last 18 months as we grew very cool let's dig a little deeper first i want to just <laughs> mention i mean you know as entrepreneurs uh, in the beginning was joke hey you know my mom liked my facebook post or my mom you know uh, put a little heart on my newsletter or something like yeah i've got my you know biggest fan right you're saying you know what i actually built something for my mom so it's not it's not just like you know she's supporting me no matter what right like i actually built something for her to actually improve her quality of life i got to give you tremendous kudos that's <laughs> that's that's really awesome that is like, my proudest proudest moment very, very really good sign that is actually my proudest moment because it took me 6 months to convince my mom to come on get set up um but now now it's been a year since she's on it I don't recognize that woman like she's my mom I've known her all my life I don't know who she is because she has discovered on the platform that she loves singing she takes classes every day 
she discovered she wants to get into fashion so she hosts fashion shows on the platform once a month and so i'm like and then she calls me now every sunday and instead of telling me to go to church she'll be like show up because i'm teaching something you better be there and be supportive and so like i can't imagine that that's the transformation that would happen and it's not just me i mean we have millions of people now and even my co-founder's dad is 93 he comes on every wednesday and hosts his own show on get set up because he used to be a radio talk show host in canada back in the day so it's really cool to see uh if somebody took the patience to build for this audience they are very sticky the transformation is huge and it's actually you know such a positive impact right and so all of us can uh, like i think that's a very proud moment for me is like oh wow now my parents are on it how do i get them off this platform because they are too addicted to this now love it love it that's 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 beautiful fuck i mean i i can appreciate that as as a son of a mom right um that's really cool let's take a little bit further i'm i'm actually i'm i really want to understand um the behavior of this market right so you mentioned a couple of things that yeah whatever it is that they choose it's it's very sticky because okay people are conservative and it's it's hard to switch them but once you switch them it's like okay great so I'll give you an example. So I get, got my mom um, a masterclass subscription, uh, you know, for uh, I forget what it was. It wasn't not for her birthday, but for one of the holidays. And okay, I mean, it sounds nice, great, yeah. And it's probably sitting there. I don't know. I don't think she's really using it. And my mom is a professor. I mean, she's she's a brilliant person, and she reads a, a ton. She writes books. You know, actually, she could probably host a show on your yeah, platform. Yeah. We'll take a look into it. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm just, okay. I'm, let's say I'm a really, I'm a really not savvy angel investor, right? Not that you care about those anymore and hopefully you never have to, but let's say, okay, I come in and say, oh, well, you know, there's Udemy, there's Coursera, there's Masterclass, there's a million platforms. You know, why, why do they need a new platform, right? Like how, how are you going to stand out above the, above the noise? So, okay. I mean, I, I don't know the behavior of, let's say boomers on those platforms. So they go on those platforms, they consume much. And and what is it, I guess, that's special or different about what you've created that's that's maybe more sticky or more attractive? I'm I'm just really curious. I haven't used it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. We get that a, a lot. So I think the key difference is um everything on our platform is taught by peers. So like your mom should be actually on it teaching, right? Because what we know is peer to peer learning it makes it creates a lot of empathy so the instructor is also 65 so when they are teaching somebody else it's live so udemy is not live masterclass is not live it's all recorded and that kind of format of learning where it's pre recorded works for 5% of the world's population like it doesn't matter what age you are even if you're a kid it it's you need to be a self starter right but the rest of the world learns by asking by doing by practicing and all of those platforms don't do that because it requires a human to human touch and it seems very non scalable so nobody does that so what get set up is doing is which is really different is you have a retired teacher or a retired lawyer teaching somebody else their age about law about quickbooks about becoming an airbnb host or setting up a store on shopify um and so what it does is it creates the social bond and accountability that if i am a learner and i see you a mom teach it i'm like 
if she can do it i also have 60 years of some skill i can do it and so what it does is it breaks this barrier of trying something new because most people as they get older are afraid of learning or trying something new right and so if you see someone like yourself you start thinking from a psychological point of view if they could overcome that fear then so can i do it and actually that's the big secret sauce is it's it's live it's interactive uh it's done in a group with people who look like you feel like you have gone through the same life experiences and so that is why they come why they stay is for the social aspect because you can consume all the content in the world but if you're doing it for 10 other people in a class that you start making friends with you come back because you have made friends very similar to like you know university you don't really go to learn you basically go to make friends and hang out and party right that's what they do it's it's we have allowed them we have allowed a format that actually people are making more friends on the platform and showing up to classes just because their friends are going or just to meet someone like i think we we have a learner who's probably taking 300 of the same zoom class i'm like you know how to use zoom why are you taking more zoom classes but they only come because it's they, they're coming there to hang out meet more friends and learn a little bit new so that's the whole come for the learning stay for the socialization that masterclass can't offer or other platforms don't offer because you know they're very they're just targeting a very different use case and behavior Yeah no that's that's really great. Um you know the, one of one of the most obvious things that's kind of like hiding in plain sight and I think that's one of the genius things that you hit upon by building this company is that there's a really massive population of people that just don't feel like anybody's serving them. Right? I mean all these social media platforms are built for younger people, right? A lot of the tech, I mean pretty much in any industry is mostly catered towards younger people because they're you know early adopters or because they're uh more likely to have a, i don't know broadband uh, internet connection or what have you so i think most younger people who tend to be the entrepreneurs building tech generally kind of just avoid that subject it's like well i don't know like older people or i don't know i don't, I don't know i don't know what that's all about i don't really care right because it's all young new like let's refresh 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 so i think it's very important just even the the simple number that you mentioned that you know something like 47 close to 50% of the population is 50 or older that's a massive market so um, i'm glad we touched upon that but let's let's pivot a bit i want to hear a lot more about your story i mean the piece about going to malaysia to work with khan academy i mean that itself is pretty priceless just give us give us some stories oh uh, so so that actually so i was in tech i used to be an engineer at cisco and um after 5 years of working on a pretty cool project which was 4G technology i i kind of took a year off and i wanted to be a teacher but uh khan academy was still unknown so i was you know like if i'm going to spend a year teaching and i don't speak the language like let me use some online videos and and uh, assist me in blended learning right all of this was very new in 2010 um so so i actually reached out to and a couple of thousand schools around the world and said hey i have a year of free time i want to come and teach and i have this idea of basically you know i know you all don't have good teachers how how about i help your teachers become superheroes by giving them good content and so you know i i 
being a young uh, clueless millennial i was i just made an assumption that everywhere in the world people have it <laughs> so i packed my bag and went to mongolia of all places and i was like all right i'll show up day one i'll go to the school set up a lab and you know uh, implement khan academy cuz that's so great and you know it was like the this is actually the the story of entrepreneurship right all your assumptions fail on day one like that's what happened to me like first of all no internet in 90% oh, yeah. the country second nobody understands english which means i had to like i'm like all right now what do i do and so that was my that was kind of my start of uh, my journey of connecting with people because i'm like if i have to solve this problem now can i get some of my students and there was one girl actually who was in the school, uh, orphanage her name was zaya and that became the name of my company i named it after her she had learned english by meeting travelers and she was just 13 so she and i worked together and said let's spend a month and translate khan academy from into mongolian and this was when khan academy was only in english like we were the first two of us to translate it into any other language and so we translated all of khan academy into mongolian that was a small library back then and then i built a device because there was no internet so i built using my cisco background i built this device yeah. which was a portable portable wifi with a battery pack and with some 3g think of it as your hot hotspot that we know today back then it didn't exist so i built a hotspot with a lot of storage and a very powerful wifi so that you could take it anywhere in the world and drop it and it would create a strong enough wifi for people to connect and access the content that was stored there and pull new content so i built this device and the girls i are helping with content and so we actually set up the first uh, uh, school which was implementing khan academy back in 2011 um and i never left i mean i spent a year in mongolia after that uh, started my first company that was basically setting up these hotspots in rural schools all over the world i think we touched close to about a million kids who are using the wow. service so um yeah that i mean i have so many stories about going to mongolia that it taught me about uh, failure because every day i was just like uh, you know to even buy a chip to build my router i had to take the train to like to, to beijing every two weeks to go buy another component and build it and such you were going to say i had to take five courses <laughs> <laughs> i had to master the step <laughs> I I um, did own a horse when I was there. I did have my own horse. So, but yes, that must have been very interesting. And, uh, you know, my my rather limited knowledge of uh, Mongolia ranges from the Mongolian stamps that my father collected, uh, which I have in my uh, collection still. You know, there's all kinds of jokes about uh, that communism can only work <laughs> in a small country like Mongolia. You know, then then there is. Um, you know uh they have this uh, music video of, of these guys doing their throat uh, singing yeah the, the throat singing and the you know traditional instrument it is wild yeah yeah all this stuff yeah um that's that's pretty cool that's that's an amazing story um so one of the things that i i care most about again a lot of this is you know for for maybe my uh my intellectual curiosity right when i talk to people like yourselves um look i mean you've you've traveled quite a bit you've built some 
you know, pretty wide-ranging things that have had tremendous impact. But even, even the fact of, you know, being an immigrant yourself, um, of going to a totally third place where you didn't know the language and nobody knew your language. Um, you know, working in ed tech, right? I mean, almost by definition, you have to be an incredibly empathetic person and you have to really go out of yourself in order to learn about other people and their cultures and their ways of seeing the world. So that's, that's pretty amazing. Now, you know, you take a company, tech company, and you build it and, you know, you're in this uh, best growth mode and, you know, raising money from investors and, you know, you're convincing people to come work with you. So a lot of the vision is it's kind of almost self-fulfilling. Like, you know, we're we're trying to empower older people who have a lot more time on their hands to live a full life, you know, well past whatever uh tech people might think is the expiration date, which is almost a crazy way of looking at it, right? I mean, we both come from you know older patriarchal societies where what what the hell kind of way is that? Like disrespectful, that's that's terrible. But, you know, somewhere in the back of our minds, we probably grow up and we kind of look around like, yeah, I don't want to be like that when I grow up. I don't I don't want to be, you know, uh, homebound. I don't want to, like, you know, the health stuff is obvious. The education piece is, is, is not. I don't think it's obvious at all. Right? So I guess what I'm trying to get at is when you take the empathy piece, when you take the openness to new experiences, and you kind of bring that to tech, you know, that can result in something really tremendous, meaning, you know, people are, the right people are naturally attracted to your mission and what you're doing, and others might want to kind of, you know, rain on your parade. So yeah, I'd love to kind of hear, first of all, you know, what is your philosophy perhaps around you know, bringing people together um, to work with you to build something great? You know, you've worked with all kinds of different people um, very different places. So I'd love to kind of maybe get some sense of let's crystallize that philosophy. Yeah. No, that's a great question. And, you know, I think you're touching upon a very common notion of ageism, right, in the workplace. Part of why, why I ended up starting one of the inspirations. So for me, with Get Set Up, it actually is a pretty easy, for some people, it's a very easy sell because if you have a mom or you have a dad, or you have a loved one, you understand the problem that we are solving and how large this is, right? And so to a group of people, what it has helped me is attract people who are very mission aligned because they have their parents who are consumers of this product. And that actually has almost become, a we're thinking of it from a culture point of view, making that part of our recruitment process of saying, Hey, part of the recruitment interview process is like, get your mom or dad to take a class and get set up or, you know, tell me why they lie. And so we've started doing this and we find that suddenly a lot of people have more empathy to this audience. So when they come in, they are very much mission aligned. They feel, uh, they understand the problem we are solving. So, you know, there's that group that is, is um, easier to sell to. And that was actually even with our investors. I think one of our investors' mom, who's 80 plus, was a power user of the platform. And then the the daughter came with, uh, said, I want to invest. And it's a pretty well-known investor in the Valley because, you know, her mom was a power user of it. So I think we found that thing with Get Set Up. I think it's harder depending on what type of 
company it is, you usually have to sell your mission pretty hard. I think our mission is very obvious. We all, we all know somebody. Um, I think what's also unique when I was building Get Set Up is um, I, I believed people around me, including my co-founder who's slightly older, my parents, are rock stars, right? I always lived with this notion that they have phenomenal skills. They might not have some of the tech skill, but they have all phenomenal skills. And so if I have to recruit and build this company, I'm going to recruit from that pool because those are the people I want to hang out with. So get set up. Uh, about 50% of our team, we are about 173 now, are all about the age of 50. We have somebody who is 80 years old, somebody who is like a bunch of people in 70. So we have the most diverse workforce because they just are really good. And, you know, because they both are also the consumers, it helps us grow pretty fast because I don't have to take a 22-year-old kid to go and figure out for six months how to build a product for a 80-year-old. <laughs> I have an 80-year-old work for me. And you know what? Uh, they're pretty cool. Like I have somebody who built the Apple Genius Bar training. She retired and she built our training curriculum. So really cool, diverse workforce. And that works for us. It works for our business. It wouldn't work for me when I did K-12 tech, but like for elder care, I really want to have a diverse workforce. So it's, it's actually pretty cool that we've managed to build such a interesting uh, company. Now, that that poses very interesting challenges uh, also as a founder because um, uh, I love that part about uh, our parents, where they are very literal, they are not fussy, they just get shit done. Like, I love that. And so I have a part of the company who's like, all right, we need to get this done, let's get it done. And then I have another part um, that that feel a little bit passionate about certain things. So, so it's a very interesting balance in our team where some people don't want to be like sugar-coated, they just want it as it is. And for the other group, we have to sort of sometimes massage the message. But, um, you know, the, the combination of the two working together is, has been really good for us and it's working for Get Set Up. And it makes my life a little bit easier on, on, on keeping people, right? I think one of the things I've believed is Get Set Up is about helping you dream, right? For a learner or a consumer because... Uh, everybody in the world is telling you you can't do this because you hit a certain age and what we are doing is helping people believe again that they can do it whatever that is even if it's freaking setting up an Alexa at your home like no you can do it you don't need your kids and I'm trying to apply that same philosophy within uh, it's not always smooth but even within the company saying that you know what everyone over here whether you're a 21 year old kid or a 80 year old uh, listen you'll all have amazing superpowers and how do uh, how do we enable you to do it or showcase it and tell that story and so um, you know I think that's sort of the message I'm trying and one of the things we're doing now is um, like we do storytelling podcast externally we're doing it within the company so every week as an all hands I bring somebody who's working on something completely random it could be support all the way up to my VP and I'm interviewing them as a way to say, you know, you are the rock star which is who is enabling this to happen for others. So let's get to know you better and let everybody in the company get to know you better. And so 
you know, uh, it's actually easy because that's what we're doing with learners. So I just have to keep reminding myself that do this for the people within the company and you'll have a pretty, you can attract good talent. You'll attract people that are the right for this business and uh, help build something really cool. It's, it's mission. This is beautiful. I, you know, I hear a lot of stories and again, you just kind of hear a lot of founders go through a list of, you know, uh, bullet points that their PR person prepared for them. This is, this is amazing. You're like you take, you take a concept like this and you often see like, oh, you know, we're building this for that group. You know, like see almost nobody from that group actually in the company. It's like, what, what is going on here? Right. So to, to see that not only like checking boxes, but actually saying, you know what? That's our primary, uh, you know, market. But also, these are the people that understand their market the best. They understand what the hell they need as a market, as a demographic, better than young people. And it's it's like it's 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 incredible to hear that within tech this this exists. I mean, I'm you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that this is not more common. But I have to I have to really give you tremendous credit because this this is not this story is not anything like common. It should be a lot more so, not just for older people, not just because you're checking boxes, you know, we have to have somebody that looks like this and sounds like that and is neurodiverse. You know, when you walk the walk and it's 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 genuine and it's it's real, it's rare, very rare. Keep going. Yeah, thanks, man. It also, um, I mean, there's a business benefit to it, right? We make less mistakes yeah. when you actually do what you're trying to solve. If you're trying to solve a problem of making people learn the skills to get back into work or stay and happy and healthy, then we should be also internally practicing that. And actually, it's just, a, it makes us make less mistakes because we get feedback before we launch. You know, the number of times I I am told that I am wrong is, is like, you know, it's crazy. Almost 99% of my ideas get shot down uh, as a CEO by somebody who is, you know, uh, our instructor and, you know, will be like, what were you thinking? Like, I'll give you an example recently. We, I was planning, you know, a couch to 5K series on our platform in, in winter. And they're like, do you understand nobody in our age group is going to go out and start running in January and December? Like, that is a bad idea. I'm like, that's so smart. Let's not do it. <laughs> so, so... You know, I, 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 I like that about it. And it's actually really rewarding to work with them because they truly have so much skills. I, I don't know why the tech sector, which is actually the the sad part, right? We all, you go to Stanford as an example. You sit with a professor who's probably in their 70s and 80s. You absorb everything coming, saying, look, I have a degree from this college. But then when you go back to your workplace, you suddenly start looking down upon someone who looks like that same professor who had all the wisdom. Like, why? Like, why is that suddenly not respected? So I don't know why tech does this. I hope it will change, but I'm not waiting. So I'm just like doing it ourselves. And hopefully someday this becomes a model for other companies. Yeah, as a, as a quick side note, and I want to transition kind of to the last uh, part of my questions for you. Um, I'm reading a book now, you might have come across it, it's called The Science and Technology of Growing Young. It's uh, by a fellow named Sergey Young. 
And um, you know, I haven't finished the book, but the, the premise of it is, look, not only it's possible to live longer. Yeah, you can be healthier. Yeah, you can uh, get your uh, genetic test done. You can go for you know, all kinds of different monitoring. He's talking about things that actually sound futuristic, but apparently exist already. Like, you know, you have uh, tiny bots circulating in your blood and you have, uh, you know, personalized medicine um, that basically is part of your life, right? And his, his thesis, and again, he's an investor, right? He's not an academic. He's not uh, someone who is building the companies. He's investing. And so he goes out and he talks to all these uh, people actually building the companies, the scientists that are doing the research, the people delivering the kind of personalized medicine. And he, he gives this incredible landscape. And he's saying, look, even with what we have now, just you know, forget the futuristic stuff. Just with what we have now, it's almost like he's saying, he's not saying it, but he's almost saying it. Like, there's no excuse not to live to 100, you know, to really take good care of yourself. And it's, it's again, it's all about the, the science of it, the technology, the AI, the personalized medicine. I haven't seen him talk too much about the, the cognitive side of things, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's great. You live in Silicon Valley and you're, you're enmeshed in all the latest uh, tech trends and all of that stuff. That's awesome. But I don't think that even just, again, I, I'm not a futurist. I, I don't think about living to 150 or 200. Maybe I should, according to him. I don't. Right. so thinking about that, so we know that this will be a reality. Right, people already live well into their eighties, um, and in certain places, I guess they're called blue zones. Right, they, they live well, well past that. Places like Sardinia, Okinawa, Georgia, the Republic, etc. So, I think we're we're onto something very, very important. Much more than just oh, you know, uh, the health and the medicine and the technology. Right, we need to make sure that if a person is going to live a long and fulfilling life. Yeah, family is very important. We know that the nutrition is great, fitness is important, but the cognitive side of things, you have to make sure the person is, is engaged in learning and contributing something, not just learning, contributing. Yeah. So I think that what what you've hit upon here is is exactly kind of trailing that, but you're opening up a new dimension. You know, because in tech, it's it's not easy to say, well, cognition, older people, because no one gives a damn. Let's be frank. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, but it's true. So that's that's a really yeah. good point. I want to transition um, transition to kind of to the last part of our interview here. And I really appreciate we've, we've talked about some really really fascinating things here. Um, as I think we spoke about earlier, this podcast is based on my book. My book is about four conversations that are, I believe, critical to living every single day, not just you know once a year when you check in with your whatever. Um, so that's around, you know, your health, your conversation with your body around uh, fitness, nutrition, sleep, biorhythms, and so on. Number two is talking about mental models and life skills, meaning, you know, how do you manage expectations, make decisions, manage stress, realize your cognitive biases and tackle them proactively. And then, you know, the third one is dealing with other people in the business context and personal context, creating managing relationships. And the final one is your conversation with God of the universe. So, of course, we don't have nearly enough time to talk about, you know, any of those things in depth, but I, I would love to, as with every other guest um, on the podcast, just to to get even something very quick, but something very powerful that you found in any or all of those four areas that really work for you. Anything you can share with us? 
Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's funny because the whole premise of what I'm doing with Get Set Up, we call these social determinants of health. And it's relevant whether you're 10 or you're 90 um, are the four things you mentioned, right? Um, and that's actually how we even think about the classes on our platform. We actually look at how does somebody spend their day as they age? And it's around staying active physically, then staying cognitively active, whether it's keeping your mind active, learning something new, then wanting to connect, whether it's with people, new people, or with family. And then just having that deeper conversation with about their soul, right? And that's actually the foundation on which we built Get Set Up because it doesn't it doesn't matter what age you are. Those are the important things. It all ends up tying to you being relevant longer and longer. And that's what we all are looking for at every age. And what I'm seeing at Get Set Up is just, it's the same thing. Uh, it's just the format in which... You're looking, people are looking for relevancy to age longer is a little bit more clearer. It's more crisp and it's clearer because as you age, you realize what things are not more important to you. So even when it's doing physical or it's your mental, you pick things because you want to do it, not because 50 other people or social media are telling you to do it, right? And and it's truly sort of, uh, for me, and I think for a lot of people, uh, my, my wife watches all the Get Set Up classes too. It's like, it's actually a time machine into the future uh, because if you sit down and see what matters to people, it's the four things that you mentioned in your book. It's like, we want their health. We want to live. We want their bodies to be in shape so that they can live longer. They want to meet new people because that's what's going to keep them. No one wants to sit down and, and uh, live till 100 and be on meta and not have a physical connection. And so actually your book is very appropriate because that's uh, sort of the fundamental premise of what social determinants of health are. And this is a very common healthcare topic. Um, uh, and I think it is uh, the earlier on in our life we start investing in it. And that's my sort of takeaway. Uh, the more meaningful our life is going to become as we age because the only thing guaranteed is we are all going to get there, <laughs> you know, eventually. So... You're going to get there one way or the other. You better invest in these four things so that when you get there, you actually feel good about yourself and not have regrets. Beautiful. Thank you for the endorsement. Just kidding. <laughs> Neil, what, a, what an amazing conversation. Listen, I, I have to give you tremendous credit. Um, you know, it's, again, it's not the most sexy of subjects. It's not the most obvious of subjects, but bloody hell, it's really important, right? I mean, it's something that we really have to think about. Not because you know, we're not we're not all like shallow and selfish millennials. We're, we're humans too. We come from parents, or we care about our parents. We, we want the best for them, right? And it, it's not just like oh well, you know, they kicked us out of the house at eighteen, so we're like, who cares? It's not like that. That's not the way things really work. So I think I have to give you tremendous credit for what you're doing, how you're doing it. I think is even more important. And you know, I wish you tremendous success in all of your endeavors. Yeah, thank you. Um, one one last thing. <laughs> I'm sure you will say it. Is there anything I didn't ask you? Anything you think would be very important for our listeners to know that we don't get? Um, I mean, sort of the one, like, you know, for the audience listening, I think it's, uh, I would say we all know 
our parents are cool because you know they took care of us like if you have uh, if you believe they have your skill like like you just mentioned get them on the platform because nothing will make you more proud than to see your mom or your dad or somebody even a loved one actually live they live their best life versus just think about it by by doing something cool that they never imagined and so you know how you have this bucket list everybody has a bucket list and the best bucket list item is when you can actually do it yourself and so you know we all know somebody in our lives so you know if uh, get them to the platform either get them to come and inspire others or get them to come and get inspired so um now because what 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 is what's the worst thing to happen as, as a kid and we all know this is to put our parents in that bucket saying okay you're old you should be sitting at home nobody wants to do that so uh my favorite line is if red bull gives you wings get set up lets you dream and so that's the kind of our motto so you know what if you have folks or anyone you know who is cool and inspiring bring them on the platform or tell them about get set up love it love it okay now this is of get set up thank you so so much amazing conversation thank you so much for listening to commander in chief podcast To apply to be a guest on the show, head on over to cicmediagroup.com backslash guest. CIC is in Commander-in-Chief. So that's cicmediagroup.com backslash guest. These guys, help us spread the word about the podcast and our mission on social media. We're cooking up something truly special over here, and we really need your help to spread the message. The reviews especially are huge for helping us grow and get the golden nuggets of wisdom from our world-class guests out into the world. Go on ahead, give us a review rating on whichever platform you use to listen. Our mission at Commander Chief Media is to help 100 million people around the world in the next 10 years to do their life's best work in the here and now through storytelling, education media, thought leadership, consulting, corporate training, coaching, speaking and authentic high quality writing helping people to become their own commanders in chief and before you go please make sure to hit that subscribe button for us here at the commander in chief podcast so that you can be the first to know when new episodes drop let's not be strangers friend okay please connect with us on facebook twitter linkedin wherever you hang out and of course if you want to learn more about our work and impact or just access some great content yeah, plenty of that head on over to cicmediagroup.com that's uh, cic as in commander in chief mediagroup.com once more this is yuri kruman and thanks for listening <laughs>